Broadcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. For me, Dave. Am I the beautiful friend, Miss Kevin? <laughs> you think Jim Morrison is like thinks he's awesome with that tambourine? What's like, that? It sounds so good. He doesn't even know what he's playing. <laughs> what is this? Cheers, college football fans, and welcome to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan and DZ Tonight Championship Week. We are at the end. We've got four of the ten conference championship games that will have a direct impact on the college football playoff. Others Looking at you, ACC will decide the Orange Bowl, and another, hi there, Pac-12, will decide a Rose Bowl participant. We've got reactions from Rivalry Week, we've got the hypotheticals for the college football playoff, and we've got our final college football playoff predictions. All that and more next on the Two Drink Minimum. That was a big build-up. That's a long intro. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. What, what the heck? Why not? Why not? All right. Sorry, Jim. I thought this was leading us into Lincoln Riley stuff, because Morrison moved to L.A., right? Early yeah. 60s, Morrison moves to L.A. Oh, there you go. Florida State. He yeah. transferred to UCLA. Transfer portal, didn't yeah. he? Oh, Morrison so you're saying went from Jim FSU. Morrison, Jim Morrison went transfer portal. Out to L.A. So I thought maybe that's right. where we were going here. You it's tough to not so lead off you, talking about Lincoln yeah. Riley. Even though Lincoln I want to get Riley into that. Oh, will Link- be more successful yeah. Yeah. in L.A. He will outlive. Jim Riley, or, uh, Jim Morrison was, <laughs> Jim Riley. <laughs> Jim Morrison was pretty successful in L.A. All right, so, uh, I'm sorry, Lincoln Riley. Good. Oh, yeah, wait, good. hold on, Urban Meyer. Desperate. Brian, Brian Kelly? <laughs> Who doesn't this apply to? Right. Who doesn't this apply to in college football this season? I got a what off cra- topic. Is this, the craziest, is this the craziest, you know, you've seen the end of the season coaching carousel get? Because usually there's like a marquee job or two, but this is just, I mean, the season's not even over. Uh, uh, over. Other dudes are going to get fired. Guys are leaving Other jobs dudes, you don't leave. You don't leave Oklahoma when you're successful, you don't leave Notre Dame when you're the winningest coach. You're not just a guy. You're the right. you're the winningest coach in Notre Dame history. You just have ten win seasons like it's nothing. And the guy goes to LSU, allegedly, according to Dave's boy Pete Thamel <laughs> at Yahoo Sports. Is a Monday friend. night friend Monday of the program. Yahoo has a website still. Oh, Yahoo. What Sports, do you search? Yeah. How do you search for things? Are you using yeah. Bing. <laughs> what do you got? A Hotmail yeah. email address? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, it, it is. It, it, it's absolutely crazy. When you're talking about, you know, Oklahoma, LSU, Florida, USC. Now, if, if dominoes continue to fall, you're talking about, you know, maybe Notre Dame comes open. Who the heck takes that job? Cincinnati is a job that could come open once that, you know, uh, uh, sort of materializes and that plays I mean, the out. USCAD the USCAD wanted Luke Fickle so bad. They're boys. Yeah. It's a done deal. Why wouldn't you hire your buddy? You know, the guy you brought to Cincinnati. No, he went and got Lincoln Riley. I think that's a home run hire. Like, when, the moment I saw it headline, I go, that makes complete sense. It's the Lincoln best Riley's a genius option. move. Best possible option for like, USC. They could not have done anything. Iceberg oh. right ahead. Lincoln Riley grabbed the first boat. He's out. Yeah. Right. Before it even hits the iceberg for Oklahoma having to go to the SEC. Such a smart move for that guy. 100%. They're going to be awesome. Yeah. His top quarterback recruit, California kid. Top running back recruit, California kid. Both have already decommitted from Oklahoma. You know where they're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, three yeah. of the top five saw... Southern California players were committed to Oklahoma. They're going. Right. They're following him. Yes. All they need to do is keep the California kids home, and that program can be loaded. They just have had coaches, their last couple of coaches since Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll showed that model. Get those dudes to stay home, and you'll have a, a, a killer football team. The last couple of guys couldn't get those dudes to stay home, and they they weren't able to win. You know, it's just like here we are in Syracuse, right? We're Syracuse football fans. You either get the New Jersey kids or you don't. If you don't get the New Jersey kids, you can't build a football team in, in Syracuse. Right. If you don't get the Southern California kids and some of the Northern California kids, and actually now you have those powerhouses that are developing via, you know, the, the football factory high school type deal, but you have Las Vegas you have the state of Nevada and you have the state of Arizona that are also right there just pumping out killer recruits all the yeah. time. You know, whether or not they're from there originally, that's where they're playing their high school. It's ball. gonna be successful. So this is not gonna be a failure. No. no this is oh, this is gonna, it's gonna be, be fantastic. He's gonna do a great job. I fully believe that. And he was I mean, he's been such an offensive guru that he's had NFL coaches coming to Norman, Oklahoma to pick his brain to see what he's doing. And now he's in LA. I mean it, it's right there, a major airport. It, the, my only hesitation, like, if I'm a USC fan, the only thing that would make me nervous is if he has NFL aspirations, he could be gone in five years. Oh, sure, yeah. He could be gone and in that, one but year. But that's yeah. the only thing. If he's gone that's in five years word. and leaves you with two natties, though, do you care? No. You, you know you what I mean? If you, you just want CFP berths. Yeah. That's what he's there for. Yeah. Get us to the postseason. Hopefully it expands and a conference champion gets in. But I'm buying in on this move out of USC. And if he does a good enough job recruiting, the next guy can sustain it for a couple of years anyway. So. Why would a quarterback go anywhere else except for where Lincoln Riley is? He was bringing him to Norman. That's Yeah. yeah. That's Why where, couldn't he bring him to USC? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly where I would go. I mean, the guy's guy. like, see ya. I'm out. You know, where he's got, he's got, he's inheriting Jackson Dart, who looked fine in his own right. right. So Slovis you know, doesn't got, have to leave either. No, and Slovis is still there as well. That was, I saw something that was like, oh, Spencer Rattler to answer, enter the transfer portal. Where is he going? And it listed like three schools and then another. One of the three schools was USC. Spencer Rattler is not going to USC. Spencer Rattler just got benched for 
Caleb Williams, who was the one option he had at Oklahoma. Is Spencer Rattler going to go to USC and compete with the number one quarterback recruit in the country? Uh, a, a, guy, a freshman who just played very well this year. And, I mean, what is Slovis at this point? A fifth-year sophomore or something like that? I mean, he's right. uh, with all of these years and reclassifications and everything. But a veteran quarterback in Slovis? I mean, heck, we might see Slovis actually transfer out of USC. Right. Because he's not you know, Lincoln Riley's guy and the writing is on the wall that Jackson Dart might have, you know, passed you this year and you've got Lincoln Riley bringing his guy in. Right. So, I mean, things are going to get crazy. As we sit here, it does look like the rumors have now turned into quote-unquote breaking news that Brian Kelly is actually taking that LSU job. Uh, Notre Dame is going to lose their winningest head coach in Notre Dame history, they've played for a long time. They play. They played successfully for a really long time too. I mean, this is Lou this Holtz. Is, this is some Lou of those Rocky. dominoes. Uh, they've had some coaches there yep. that have been very successful. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you 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 called it with Lincoln Riley and how successful he's been at a marquee job, leaving to take. A job opening that I guess is a surprise to some. To me, in the new college football landscape, you're you're gonna want to be in LA over Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I know that you've sort of poo-pooed me a little bit on how important some of that nil stuff will be, but I think it will be important for these recruits. You have just more money than any major college football program. UCLA should have some of that too, but there really isn't a major football program in New York City. There really isn't a major football program in Chicago. You know, you have Northwestern, you have Rutgers, you have Syracuse, you have UConn, you have some of these proving pro- your point. You have some of these programs <laughs> yeah. that are around those major cities, but around, around, <laughs> not in and not you know major players uh, within the college football landscape. It's always been the draw for USC. Because Will Ferrell and Snoop hang out on your sideline. Yeah, except now man. Snoop can give you money. Right. Amongst yeah, other now, things. Now Snoop. Yeah, now. Starting now, Snoop legally, can pay some USC kids. Legally. Yeah. Now, now Snoop can formally give you a job with Corona, I think. So, is that, that what he owns? Oh, yeah. that how he made his money? He owns Snoop, Corona. He's got ownership right? in there? Yeah. He's just no, a spokesperson. He's just got awesome commercials yeah. for that. So, I, I, I mean, want to talk about the games. I mean, this is super fun, though. <laughs> this, is, this is like NFL it, draft talk to me. This it, is just so fun. It's insane. And, and But you said it, too. Like, the Riley move, it just has this huge impact. And for me, I, I, I think it's going to be the craziest year of a coaching carousel that we've seen, uh, you know. Already it is. In, in, in a long, long time, if not ever. And that's precipitated by the fact that, that Riley leaves this marquee job, that Dan Mullen gets fired after doing a good job at a marquee job. You know, so you just have, and then you have some really good coaches. Obviously, Brian Kelly's going to leave. And then you have some really good coaches like Lane Kiffin who could come available. He's at Ole Miss. He's got to be out there looking at what he has. You know, and and so all of a sudden, Ole Miss is an attractive job to somebody. It's just going to be very, very interesting to see how you know this 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 turns out because this is going to be crazy. In addition to, you know, come back for some of the off season stuff, but in addition to some of the transfer portal because that's going to be all brand new, like like free agency. And I think that's impacted the coaching thing as well because you have the ability to just bring dudes with you who can play right away, which is something we haven't had to experience before. So now when you're looking at coaches, 
part of the conversation can be who can they bring with them. You recruit a kid, the kid just wants to play for you. So you can grab players. You can, Brian Kelly can look around that locker room at some young kids and just be like, do you want to come with me? You want to play for me. You came to play for me. I'm going to LSU. You can play tomorrow when I get there. Like You don't have to sit out. So the transfer portal thing has added a whole new element as well when the coaches are considering their moves. You can bring your dudes with you. I like your players. Let's go. Right. Well, that was one of the great Absolutely. pushes for the for the student athletes, yeah. and that's such a nice thing that they because coaches you know when it. they sign on to you're you're going to a coach, and then that coach will up and leave, and then you're kind of stuck at a program. You got to sit a year. It it is beneficial. Now it does change the landscape for the administrators in those colleges making the decisions when you recognize that hey, if we make a coaching change or if we lose a coach to somewhere else. We're not just losing a coach. We could be losing an entire half a recruiting class and half the players we currently have can all hit the transfer portal. So you can see, I think that makes a big impact when you're talking about like big extensions being offered to James Franklin, who's got a, a, you know, top five recruiting class coming in, Mel Tucker, you know, they're afraid with these other marquee openings. There's by our counts, eight top five coaching jobs available yes, just this year minimum just this year minimum oh, eight, every single coaching job this is our running joke that becomes available is a top five program all right just ask somebody yeah it's top five yes yeah um but it's it's helping everybody Along get paid with the multitude of generational talents there are yes, yes. Right now. and it's it's changing the salary structure for every head coach and every the, quarterback it's it's, right. jump, it's out of control it is it's like a gold rush. It'll take a little bit. They're gonna figure that stuff out, and they eventually will. But if when you get hired, like the the guy at Auburn, yeah, he has. I mean, a bad end of the season. Wheels fall off against Mississippi State. Terrible decisions against Alabama. The, the coach, he's got to answer some questions after that Alabama game. But it's tough. Yeah, you're gonna take a job at Oklahoma. Like yeah. the guy at Auburn, big time job. Kids leave. You know what talent do you have there? And then after a year, people are already being like. I don't know about this guy. Like, you don't yeah. even have a year. Yeah. Like, dudes, leave. You came there, you're going to have nothing. Yeah. You're going to grab kids from a transfer portal just to fill some spots for a year, and then yeah. people are going to judge you on that year. I think. I, and I, then look at, like, Michigan, how much opportunity they gave Harbaugh, and then finally it, it took him that long to find the right quarterback, find the right program, get some comfort, get the right guys, and now they're finally, you know, having a marquee season. But that's been what? Seven, eight years in the making for be Harbaugh. Be patient. Yeah, just yeah. be patient. It takes a little time. When you have bullies like Ohio State in your, your area, backyard, you yeah. have to give a guy time to deal with that. Like if yeah. you're hiring a guy at LSU, like Brian Kelly or the Auburn coach, Oklahoma coming in, Saban's going to do his thing for a couple more years. He's going to age out, and then you'll have to see what's there. But it could take Brian Kelly. Four, five, six years to get something going. Be patient. Be patient. Be patient. Hopefully, you're being patient, waiting for us to get to the CFP instead of waiting for you like uh, win five games. Uh, I mean, this might be a two episode kind of breakdown. Uh, after show. We might have to the, split this thing. It, it'll be interesting to see how they how the whole transfer portal thing develops, though, too, because it, I, for me, for my money, I I I truly believe it will increase the parity in college football because you won't have these teams stockpiling these guys you know at ohio state they've got four starting quarterbacks on their roster right now those guys are going to leave minimum of two maybe three 
are going to leave and go start somewhere else because the writing's on the wall that C.J. Stroud is the guy. They might have come in, you know, Quinn Ewers might have come in and thought to himself, look, I could sit for a year, just collect some nil. I'm not actually, I've reclassified to be there this year anyways. But how long is that kid really going to sit for? You know, maybe C.J. Stroud isn't the guy, and then I can... And then I can hey, kind of step into that him. role. Yeah. They, they already said he's behind Kyle McCord in camp. You know, so like it, it, there are teams that have been stockpiling talent that I think some of that talent will get a little bit more evenly dispersed because kids can transfer without that punishment of sitting out. It, it's, it's going to make the product of college football that much better. And I, we are seeing some of that this year already. You know, these marquee programs that are in, out, you know, going to be left on the sideline. No Oklahoma, no Oklahoma in the college football playoff. No Ohio State in the college no football Clemson. playoff. No Clemson in the college yeah. football playoff. It's hey, great. I hope the breaks on the Ohio State talk for Some a of that. I wouldn't just say some Ohio of that, State's done. Some of that is some of that is the 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 transfer portal stuff and 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 the evening out of the playing field as as it would be. So I mean, keep in mind, Ohio State with their three excellent receivers, they also had Jamison Williams on their on their roster last year, who ends up at Alabama and is actually Alabama's best wide receiver, maybe arguably, so to speak. Well, so, maybe not best wide receiver, best weapon. Because yeah. of what he can do. Yeah. You saw when he left that game, all of a sudden that offense is ineffective. So, look, it's, it, let's get into these games. And we can, we can get a little bit of our reaction to what happened last week with some of those games. But as we alluded to in the introduction, four of these ten conference championship games are going to have a direct impact on the college football playoff. You have the SEC that is essentially a play-in game for Alabama. We could get to that argument as to whether or not Georgia could even not get in by losing and how badly they'd have to be beat. You have the AAC championship game, which is looking more and more like a win and you're in for Cincinnati. You have the Big 12 championship, which is looking more and more like Oklahoma State is a win and you're in so long as Alabama loses type situation with Notre Dame sneaking around the chicken coop. And then you've got the Big Ten championship game, which is certainly looking like a win and you're in for Michigan. Absolutely. So all of these games, despite not being playoff games, are playoff games. Which one do you want to start with? Uh, do you want to start SEC? I mean, do you want to go with the big one first? Sure, jump right into yeah. the SEC. What's the line on that right now? What's six? I saw six and a half at one point. I'll get the latest. I saw six and a half. Henny, take us out here on on your initial thoughts as you're looking at this game. Well, there's this the line. In the last twelve years, this is the third time Alabama will be an underdog. In the last twelve years. So you're looking at they've played close to hundred and fifty games. In the last 12 seasons, third time they are an underdog. That is incredible. Have they won every time as an underdog? You'd have to go back and look uh, a little closer. That that I'm not 100% sure. I would guess, if with it being Alabama, I'd lean towards yes, but I do, do not know that. <laughs> and there, the games that were underdogs were like conference championship games. I don't even think any of the playoff games are underdogs. Maybe they're just both conference championship games. But you have to go back pretty far to find a time when Alabama is six and a half point underdog here 
it bothered me watching that team this past weekend. So when you look at Alabama and the running back situation is a problem, you are already banged up. Brian Robinson, you need that kid at a 100%. And it doesn't look like he's, if he plays this weekend, it doesn't, I mean, he's not going to be 100%. This, the offense, Alabama needs to be able to run the ball. If you cannot establish a run against this Georgia defense, it's going to be over. And if there's no Brian Robinson in this game, it could be trouble. Because that's what, watching Auburn, Auburn isn't some spectacular defense this year. They're not great. No. Like, they're an average defense, and they slapped around that Alabama offensive line that hasn't really had, like seen that this year. That startled me. Was it a team that – that game didn't matter for Alabama. They had to win against Georgia. I doubt I, – I can't comprehend a Nick Saban team, like, mailing in a game because it didn't matter. No, not an Iron Bowl. Right, an no, Iron no Bowl. Chance. But getting shut out until the last quarter of that game, like I just... It does boggle the mind. It does. You, you I, don't think that's even yeah. possible. And we had talked about it. I think when we broke down, we were talking about Alabama, Texas A&M. We talked about some of the, the glaring weaknesses of that Alabama offensive line. I think we, we saw some PFF ratings that... You know, from run blocking and pass blocking, that Alabama offensive line was rated like 70th something. And I think that showed. They they really lost in the trenches there against that Auburn defense. It wasn't yeah. that they were, you know, not, you know, running good plays or necessarily play selection. It was just they there was no running room, and they they were there was pressure on Bryce Young all day. Late, late yeah. in the game, though, he was. I, I do got to credit him, and they were pointing to, you know, was this his Heisman moment, that 97-yard, 98-yard drive at the end of the game. Felt like it. He has some pocket presence. He, he, it was like, he knows when to step up. He can feel the pressure. And he was, through that and the overtimes, he was very, very good. That sealed yeah. the deal for the Heisman. Yeah. Because nobody else has stepped so. up this year. Kenneth Walker, you have faded. The defensive guys Matt need Coral hype from has day faded. one. Matt Coral, Matt Coral is fading. Unfortunately, and I like that. Old and he was team. hurt. He was hurt towards the end of the season. Played through injury, etc. But he faded. Even in W's, he faded. And Lane gets all put. the shine at Ole Miss, anyways. Yeah. Unfortunately for a kid like Matt Coral, <laughs> all the shine at Ole Miss is about Lane Kiffin. Yeah. that's what it is there. Unfortunately, because I do like that kid, and he's. NFL, you're looking at NFL quarterbacks next year. Coral's the guy that I would be yeah. looking at if I'm, you know, but we'll get to the draft. The stuff. other hidden nugget about Ole Miss is they've got a great rushing game, too. Right. And nobody talks about yeah. it. Ely's a freak. Yeah. So this, this Alabama team, with Bryce Young, what he did on that drive. Yeah, that's, I think, his Heisman moment. But I got annoyed. Fourth and seven, they didn't even rush him. Like, Alabama is under pressure all day. Auburn had not been able to sack guys before this game. They come in, what, seven sacks or something crazy. Maybe I'm getting that number wrong, but it was something wild in terms of the sacks they had. Seven. They had six total sacks in their three-game losing streak, and then seven of Young, if I'm looking at my notes here on Saturday. And then fourth and seven, game on the line. They rushed three guys. Yep. What are you doing? What are you doing? Anyways, that's what this he is does more about best. Alabama. I'm getting distracted. That's what he does best. And, it, and, and you hit it, Z. You know, you started with it, Kevin, with talking about their inability to run the ball. And I think that there's just a general inability to run the ball against Georgia anyways. Strong, oh, poor, yeah. whoever, whatever you're doing, that inability to run the ball. 
So them not being able to run the ball against Auburn, while concerning, was not as concerning as their inability to protect Bryce Young against Auburn because that's another thing that George has been doing well is getting to the quarterback and pressuring oh. the quarterback all season long. If you'd say there is a weakness to Georgia's defense, which is really not or hasn't been, it would be that they're you can you can get to their secondary a little bit, but you haven't been able to get to their secondary because their defensive line and their front seven has been able to put so much pressure on the quarterback to restrict what people are able to do against their you know uh, against their secondary. So their inability to protect Bryce Young, and I agree with you, DZ, his pocket presence in that last drive, and really throughout the game he was under pressure and didn't make a lot of huge, egregious mistakes yeah. where you just go, what are you doing? And I mean, it was just a, a commonality that he was under pressure the entire game. He's great, and he's got great weapons at receiver for Alabama, who is going to be far and away Georgia's stiffest, stiffest test. This Alabama team will score points against Georgia, but but if they can't run the ball, they become one-dimensional. And if they can't stop the pass, Georgia's pass offense, Georgia's you know aerial attack is just dangerous enough to threaten a porous Alabama secondary and an Alabama super you know, efficient passing, passing defense. Georgia you know, has a top ten scoring offense. That's the thing uh, that gets overlooked. Nobody, nobody talks about it, but they can score points as well. Georgia is Michigan and Ohio State just rolled into one team. Yeah, when, when you take a look at those statistics for Michigan's defense and Ohio State's, yeah. who offense, would win? Georgia versus Michigan and Ohio State's <laughs> All Star team. All right. Michigan and Ohio State's <laughs> All Star team. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Against Georgia Tech, Stetson Bennett's first nine completions went to nine different receivers. So the depth of this team is also what is scary. It isn't a one, like you look at Arkansas, like they've got one receiver. Yeah. So yeah, that team was all right, but they had one wide receiver. Yeah. You're look, like, and then Pickens is now coming back from Georgia. They're just finding guys it's that amazing are now, that NFL wide back. receivers are showing up now. Yeah. Like, so this is a team that's balanced. They go three, four running backs deep, which is going to wear down Alabama. They get to the, if Alabama's losing in the fourth quarter, like they, if they're down ten, like they were against Auburn, Georgia's gonna. We have a stable of running backs that are gonna be fresh, and we are gonna wear you down. Alabama's rush defense very good, but when you have fresh legs, which Alabama won't have in the running game, it's gonna be really difficult. There's, I don't know what receiver you take away. Bowers. And let's get into maybe Bowers. the best tight end in the country. Not according to the John Mackey committee. Oh really? He was left off the finalists. That's award. a disgrace. Is John it, Mackey's probably rolling in his grave. It's because he's a freshman. They just well, just I wouldn't take disrespect. Well, this he's a might freshman. be our. We're, I wouldn't take. Would you take Weidemeyer or Kohler off the list? No, definitely not. Right, and then you've got the kid from Colorado State who leads the country in receptions. Who some people are high on. I don't know anything about Colorado State. Being honest with you, but that kid um, was so the third Collins. finalist. Nice. There. Nice. Got, nice. So nice you now pull. know more about him. <laughs> nice nice about him. Uh, nice pull. <laughs> that I have a Trey McBride for Colorado State. Leads the country in receptions. Only one receiving touchdown for CSU. But I don't know much else about the kid. But I thought Bowers would be for sure. But maybe it is like a lifetime achievement award and they do some of those things. <laughs> He's only been a freshman. I, I think they do. One time. I, I think they some do. Some guys get to be a, freshmen two or three times. Have a lifetime achievement award type thing with, with some of that stuff. You know, look, Georgia's, Georgia's the far and away number one team in the country this season. And we talked about them 
you know, we're, we're going to talk about them winning, covering, whatever they're going to do in this game. But hypothetically speaking, and we touched on this briefly at the outset of the program, hypothetically speaking, if they lost to Alabama, how bad would the loss have to be for them to be left out of the college football playoff? Is there a bad enough loss that there could be? 56 to nothing. Alabama beats them 56 to nothing. I have no idea watching these two teams play how in the world that could even happen. But is there anything that could happen in this game that would leave George out? It would have to be a 56 to nothing type thing because you have seen the committee when they're explaining some of their decisions, they really hang their hat on that. They will use the term non-competitive. If a team played another team, especially like a top-tier team, and they were not competitive in the game at all, then they are viewed as that's not a championship caliber team and they would not be in the top four. So it would have to it would have to be just ugly. What about thirty four to ten? The, the thirty four to ten. What would that do? I think they're still in. Because yeah, thirty four to ten got Notre Dame in last year. Yeah. Losing thirty four to ten in their conference championship game last year got Notre yeah. Dame in. They're in I mean you want to talk about not competitive. They've had one team, the Clemson opening game, that was ten to three. Every game since then Every team against them has been non-competitive. Yeah. Uh, Basically doubled up point They are just every team. blowing people out, including one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games this season they've played where they have held opponents to seven points or less. Eight now, of their games they've held opponents to seven points or less. And looking at those games and trying to recollect some of those games, a couple of those were garbage. Now, give me their, give me their. If you're looking more. at their resume, give me their best wins though, because right now I think their only ranked win is against Clemson, who the worked best? their way back into the. We rankings. don't want to go there with Georgia. You've watched them, you know, like that's. Yeah, I, you, I, you can do that with like just your best wins. We could, we could go there. I, I mean, I guess just the. I well, their best win. If you're, if you're going to say a blowout, is... if they get blown out, you'd have to be. Then you'd go back and start scrutinizing the resume and say, were we overvaluing these wins? Were they just? Was the eye test we were giving too much credence to it because maybe these teams weren't that great? Yeah. Now you look at Oklahoma State's. I'm, tr- I'm trying to make an argument. I yeah. don't really believe in because I think Georgia's a great team. But right. That's the only scenario where, where they would not make it. Yeah. I don't Fifty-six see it. to nothing, and then you start yeah. really parsing through the resume and saying none of these wins were really yeah. good. Luckily I, for them, this is not a year where you are five, six, seven teams deep of like teams you feel deserve to be in. If a couple upsets happen in these conference championship games, they're just going to have to fill spots because you need four teams. There, if there has to be four teams. If Cincinnati loses, if Michigan would lose, and stay tuned, if those couple of teams <laughs> would lose, Ohio State will be thrown in there. Notre Dame will get thrown in there because we need four teams we want you to watch. So this is a year for Georgia, which helps them. If something bad would happen, luckily for you, there aren't teams hanging around that were yeah. like, oh, man, they're going to get left out. Like, there's not going to be a team this year where you sit there going, I can't believe they didn't yeah. get in. Oh, How I mean, did that team get left out? We are talking not this about, year. We are talking about Georgia getting left out if the rest of those teams hold serve. Right. You know what I mean? We're saying, I still don't think it we're can We're saying Georgia. We're Georgia's saying in. is Georgia <laughs> even possibly going to get left out if, if everybody else holds serve? No, That's not even taking into an account if somebody else doesn't 
you know, if, if, if chaos occurs. I agree with you guys. I don't think that they can get left out. Speaking of not being able to get left out, I don't think that we touched on uh, our beer for this evening. We circled back. We had a couple of UBLs last week. We circled back on an underground beer lab this week. Uh, defies logic. Hazy Pale Ale. I don't think that these guys could get left out of the college football four-team beer brewery playoff in Syracuse area. They're one of the top four breweries in the Syracuse area. That's the easy. CBBB they could not get left out of that. <laughs> trying to do that um, I can tell you, you were thinking yeah. about something. UBL, UBL coming back with a with a wonderful beer <laughs> for us. This, fell off the eyes were crossed. <laughs> UBL coming back with a wonderful beer for us tonight. That was from Thank you guys very much. Look, what happens in this game then? We, we've talked about can they lose bad enough. We have, none of us think that George is going to get blown out. Do, do they have a chance to even lose this game on Saturday, or are they the, just a clear-cut winners in your mind against this Alabama team? In my mind, they are the clear-cut winners. I, when this matchup, this SEC championship, we knew it was going to work out this way a couple weeks ago, and I saw an early line that had it at, like, I think it opened at 3.5 or 4 points, Ooh. Georgia favorite, and it has since moved to 6.5, so it's almost a touchdown. I could, I see Georgia possibly winning this by a couple touchdowns. They they have they're that good a team where they could dominate this Alabama team, and then my my thought is what how close would Alabama? Is there a situation where Alabama plays Georgia tight, and they're still in? Chaos would have to more run. hypotheticals. Chaos chaos would the have other to two like say Michigan, situation. Cincinnati, and Oklahoma State all won. And Alabama plays a close game. Could they still get in? I think they're out with two losses. Don't sleep on OK State. I think they're out and with Baylor. two losses. But OK State, Baylor winner would get in before an Alabama team that loses. Baylor Baylor wins. That's how I feel. Baylor wins, yeah, Alabama loses a close one. That would be an interesting argument. I think you'd... Because they're think both two-loss teams. Yeah, one you, has a conference championship. I think you've got to put Alabama in over Baylor at that point because their losses are... You know, still putting them squarely in that round. How is A&M a good loss? Of, A&M, is not, right. A&M is a huge disappointment this year. Is, like, A&M, is A&M a worse loss than TCU? A&M is not. What are they, 8-4? Yeah, TCU's, A&M's like, TCU's like 4-8. and eight. But like, Zach Evans is transfer portal. Anyway, sorry. I saw that. <laughs> um, somebody should grab that kid up. USC. I, you know, to, in, in my mind, as we look at these two teams, this... What's the line on this game if Alabama blows out Auburn last week? You, you know, so when you're looking at that game against Auburn. It wasn't just Auburn, though. What about LSU? Say, you have to say, and, and they played they played some games cl- closer for comfort than you would usually see. What about Arkansas? Arkansas was a one touchdown right, game. Right, exactly. And, you know, yeah. And look uh, at the Georgia, look at the common opponent scores for these two teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. Florida. Florida they stinks. have played some games closer than you would have liked Alabama to play teams. Yeah, we just named but four. But are you still convinced? Are you still convinced that Georgia is that much better than Alabama? It's Nick Saban, man. It's like the Undertaker, right? the, the, the gifs of the Undertaker, like coming out of the casket. When I see Nick Saban, I, I, it's impossible for because me. it's Nick Saban. I'm like, oh, Georgia! Look at all the numbers, the analytics. Their leading tackler at Georgia doesn't even start. That Tyndall kid, leading tackler. There's so much talent on that team. Like they're, 
That's crazy. Go through everybody else's leading tackler. It's your best linebacker, all-conference kind of kid. Georgia's yeah. just stacked. All the numbers, everything says Georgia should hammer them. But Nick Saban, Bryce Young, Alabama's not going to get blown out in this game. I'd be stunned. Because it's Nick Saban, man. They're going to. Ooh. They're going to lose by 10. I'm telling you. Oh, There's 10's two. okay. 10 to 14. Ooh, 14. Now we're, now now we're dancing, What do you man. consider a blowout? Four, I'm okay with Two 10. touchdowns? Yeah, if they, if they, if they get up. Yeah, if they beat him by a it couple depends. touchdowns. It, it, the con- oh, how does in it the happen? context of how's it happened, 14, could, yeah, 14 like a, could be a really good game. Pick six at the end of the game yeah, when they're going up to score, you know, to tie it score up. on the onside kick as you're down seven. Yeah. Like, that's not a blowout. You yeah. know? Depends how that happens. Contextually. Georgia minus the six and a half. Yeah, I'm taking Georgia. Yeah, minus I like that Georgia. six and a half. Like yeah. Georgia by a touchdown, I'm comfortable with that. I'm taking Alabama to cover. I think that this is a fantastic game. Not win though. They've got Georgia to win. I I'm taking I'm taking Alabama to cover. Okay, that's fine. No, I you know I I, that's an okay that's fine. You can stay there. That's tough. It's tough to to sit there sit here and tell you that I'll take Alabama money line, but I just for the same reason that I had to go with Oklahoma last week, which they ended up covering, although they didn't win. for the same reason that I had to go with Oklahoma last week, it just is, you know, show me Gundy that you can beat Lincoln Riley or, or even Oklahoma in general. Show me Kirby Smart that you can beat uh, Nick Saban because his last several opportunities to do so, it's been right there for his team and something's just gone tragically wrong at the very end. Now, they did win the SEC championship game the one year that he's been there, right? And then they subsequently lost in the SEC or in the yeah, national yeah. championship, yeah. right? Um, that's how that went down. That was the two so, uh, substitution. You know, this this team is this Alabama Devontae team is Smith. this this Alabama team is battle tested. They've got the better quarterback in this game, certainly in my mind, and they've got the better coach. So is that enough? I don't know. That Georgia defense is as good as I've seen in a long, long time. But I'm going to go with Nikki Saban to to cover, and I'll I'll take Alabama to win this game. Oh, okay. Go, you talked yourself oh, into it. You forced you forced my oh, hand. I'll like go with it. the win. You said I had to say something. Oh, uh, so we'll so. get your we'll get your potential CFP pick. That'll be the most interesting one then to talk about at the end of all these games, all right? Because you're not going chalk, obviously, with what you just picked there. So mm-hmm. stay tuned, everyone. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned. That mm-hmm. Nice teaser. Yeah. Hey, yeah. just remember that Georgia yeah. defense. There are nine five-star recruits in that defensive unit. Yeah. Okay. The Pac-12 conference has nine five-star recruits, the entire conference. Yeah. And it, the Georgia defense is not what I am betting against, to be honest with Izzy. The Georgia offense is what I'm betting against. Stetson Bennett is too efficient for you? I know their numbers. I know what they've looked like. It, but You know who has the best passer rating in the SEC? Let's see what happens when that team gets thrown into a ball game. Let's see what happens when that team gets thrown into a ball game, and and, and see what Stetson Bennett does. See if if it Kirby Smart freaks out and ends up switching quarterbacks, goes to J T Daniels because Stetson Bennett. No, they don't need to do that here. a little bit, you know. Like let's we'll see what happens. Let's see what happens if any of that occurs in this game. You know, it's Georgia is a great team, but. They still got to prove it. The, the the king is dead when the king is dead. Yeah. They Long live it. the king. Next. 
Where you guys want to go next? Big Ten. ACC. ACC. Oh no, A- no A- ACC. <laughs> We're talking about relevant conference championships. <laughs> you guys, you guys want to go? What's the spread on the Big Ten championship? Michigan. We talked about I Michigan. Davy Big Ten. Ten and a half. Michigan favored by ten and a half. Michigan 43 is forty-three and a half over under. Ten like and a half point favorite over Iowa. Is is that what we're at with that game? I'll tell you, Iowa. Shoots. If you if you've looked it up, they've kind of, they got that Purdue in them. In that when they play top five teams, their last five times they have a four and one record against top five teams, including Were a they win all against big the ten top teams. Guy. I'd have to yeah. go back and look. I disrespect. That's got to be the only. Purdue they have in them because you know Purdue throws forward passes (laughs) the forward pass they I mean Michigan is set up really on paper to dominate this game and especially the way they looked there has never been a better performance in Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan than what they did at Ohio State or to Ohio State I should say it was a great performance I'm not going to take anything away from that performance but really the standard wasn't high for his biggest game <laughs> it wasn't a hot I mean, take I, it really I, wasn't a, it was just a, a yeah. statement of fact because you can't I argue mean, it yeah he he jumped over a stick yes <laughs> like, I mean, he, there was, he, he cleared there was, a two-foot high yeah, jump mark. yeah exactly yes. exactly but they played they played a great game ohio state it 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 was like a rewind to week two watching what they did when the Oregon Ducks ran all over them. Mm-hmm. And the the weather, everything combined, just Michigan's power run game and Haskins just took it straight up the gut and they knew it was coming and they couldn't stop him. And they couldn't seal the edge. He was getting around. And then Kate McNamara is really, his progression over the last half of the season, he is one of those guys that just keeps getting better and better and better. He, he is looking just not even competent. He's looking like a really good quarterback. And you, you've seen some of their – they actually have some wide receiver talent on that team. Anthony's good. Um, but they're starting to really showcase those guys because – They've got some the speed. Passing game kid is, is a rocket ship. Like, they've got some speed there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the passing game is really opening up because they got to – because the run game is so strong. And it, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Tennessee Titans. Like, what – some NFL teams are doing this year that are, and the Colts are doing that are very successful. When everybody goes in one direction and they, they, they take their defense and they get them small and they get them fast and they try to, to defend the spread, then you go oppo and you big offensive line, power running game, big backs, and you just do the opposite of what everyone else is doing and you're successful. Yeah. And that's, I think part of it is like where football is heading and he's taken that path of, the Tennessee Titans, the Colts, and even kind of the Patriots this year doing the opposite. Don't follow the trends. Don't chase the trend, but go against what everyone else is doing, and, and you'll find success. So, ironically, he ha- I don't think Harbaugh has really changed anything. He's just stayed the same, and the way the game has adapted has allowed that to be more successful. And the way they're getting after the quarterback. You and I were texting during the Penn State game, being like – that left tackle for Penn State is supposed to be an NFL caliber kid and what Hutchinson did against him. And those kids at Ohio State are Ohio State offensive linemen. Like, they're not bums. They're future NFL kids if you're at Ohio State playing on the O-line. And what Ohio State, I think, was top 15 in the country in sacks given up. Iowa's 92nd. 
So if you have this defense getting after the quarterback and you can't even block when they rush, they should just rush Hutchinson. Rush one guy and he's going to get there, it feels like. Iowa is not going to be able to hang with Michigan in this game. The quarterback play is at such a low level for Iowa. Yes, the advantage, like SEC, you go, well, Stetson Bennett versus Bryce Young. There's a, there's a gap between those guys, but Bennett's efficient. We, we trust that kid to do his thing. Iowa does not have a quarterback. They do not have the ability to run the ball or pass the ball. A couple things that are important, offensively speaking, to run and pass. <laughs> They're outside the top 100 in both of those things in terms of yards per game rushing, yards per game passing. But they turn you over. They used to turn people over. They used to turn you over. So you're saying that's not a reliable statistic. It's not repeatable. Oh, no, that was sustainable was the word. Sustainable. Oh, that was the drinking game. Sustainable. The, the kid that they brought in, the Padilla kid, he's 12 for 31 passing the last couple of games. That's your savior coming off the bench if Petrus isn't getting done. I just do not. I wanted to see Wisconsin in this game. I'm disappointed that Wisconsin screwed it up in this last game because they appeared to be trending in a certain direction. I wanted to see this rematch. They, they've now figured out maybe how they work with Mertz. I wanted to see the Allen kid get a big opportunity, huge stage. I was super annoyed that Iowa made this game. I blame Penn State going all the way back to Clifford's injury <laughs> and not pay, playing Patron's guy. That's <laughs> their fault for Iowa. Iowa wouldn't be here then, right? Yep, It'd be Wisconsin in this true. game. Yeah. So that bothers me because... I don't think I know I was not gonna be able to hang with Michigan. The Michigan we saw, yeah, the emotion. The, they're gonna yeah. bring that Saturday. Yeah. You don't get up for Ohio State and then have a dud when you are one game away from the CFP. Not gonna yeah. happen. I and, and I'll tell you, with this game, I, I loved what you said about the weather, DZ. I agree that the weather played a huge a huge factor in what Michigan wanted to do in comparison to what Ohio State wanted to do. Love what you said about the old school running game. Stop the run. Run the ball. Stop the run. Win the game. The only problem that I have with this Michigan team and what I would have to disagree with is Cade McNamara is still not any sort of guy that you can rely on. I mean, he was he threw under 20 passes in that game, you know, completed about half of them, threw an awful pick at a huge part of that game. I mean, I, that, that dude was covered three times over. If if the guy that intercepted it didn't, didn't intercept it, the other guy that was covering the receiver would have. So that, I mean, that was a terrible decision. He he turned his best decisions are when he turns around and hands it off. Yeah. It, it, he's I don't know that he's a guy that can get you to the promised land, and we'll get to after Michigan wins this game and makes it to the CFP. Then they made it to the promised land. Because Iowa does not have enough to challenge them through the air like Ohio State had. I mean, Ohio State had almost 400 yards of passing in this game. Granted, they had 64 yards running in this game against Michigan. And Iowa just has no offense to speak of. Iowa will probably do a better job of stopping the run than Ohio State did. But well, Michigan, you have to. But Michigan's going to need, what, 21 points to win this game against Iowa? If that, they could probably win this game with two tutties and be done. You know, 14 to whatever Iowa can muster. And they're in a win and end win. situation, which is great. No it's prettiness. They nothing in your anything. mind has to be about style points because we're in this arms race with somebody else and we've got to look great. Anything. 
And it looks you win seven six. You're and in, it man. Looks great for them, anyways, Henny. They're playing a nine and two, Big Ten, you know, division champion team who was number two as recently as what six weeks ago, half a season ago. So I mean, whatever they do against Iowa, it's not like what just happened with Alabama beating Auburn. Auburn is this team on a slide, unranked. They're they're garbage. They're missing their quarterback, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Michigan's playing a team that's pretty well respected by the committee. But no one cares about Iowa, Iowa because of what and, you did against Ohio State. Like, if you yeah. beat Iowa, no one's going to say that they beat Iowa. People well, are going to tell saying. you that they beat that's what I'm Ohio State they, for the Big Ten championship. That's what I'm saying. They not only don't need style points because of that win, they also get the luxury of it not mattering anyways. Even if they did need style points, just beating this team would be enough. It's a nine it's and two your, big it's ten. It's your thirteenth data point. It's your conference championship. Yeah, 100%. that matters. Hundred percent. Right. That matters more than whether Iowa's ranked twentieth or tenth. Hundred percent. And I don't look Michigan. I guess I'll take Michigan to cover. That's a big spread. I would hate betting this game because at what point does Michigan just go? This is over. You know, we we've got this. We're gonna just pound the ball, run clock. Uh, Iowa can't do anything against our defense, and we're gonna take this thirteen to six game to bed and and, and head off. Because if this is ten and a half points, then you know you've got to win by by two well over two possessions, and Michigan could easily get up ten points and and call it and just run clock and be like they can't do enough to threaten us. So, I mean, I, I've got Michigan to win. I guess I'll take him to cover just because I disrespect Iowa that much. But Michigan is going to have to sprinkle in more J.J. McCarthy once they get to the college football playoff if they want to have a chance at being multidimensional enough to beat uh, some of these teams. I, I See, I disagree with you there. I mean, you saw what he did. He came in for a, a couple series against Michigan State, was terrible. I think he had a fumble and an interception. And to be fair, I think he misrepresented Mr. McNamara a little bit because he was actually 13 for 19. That's a 68% completion percentage in that game. Mm-hmm. So he's better than he 50%. Much better than 50. So he's the better, of, those two. Line. He's the better of the two quarterbacks. I, for I think 159 down. yards and an interception. That's all you need. That was his game. Well, why would you even? I mean, I'm even surprised he threw 19 times. When you can right. just run Haskins, and yeah. that's all you need to do. And it's not all its not all on McNamara either. It's, it's like not, a Graham Mertz uh, it, line here. It's not, all on it Mac, really is. it's not all on McNamara either. I mean, you remember this Michigan team is a team who lost a fantastic wide receiver in Ronnie Bell in, what, the second, third week of the season? Oh, yeah. Was it the first week of I the season? I didn't even play. It was a preseason, uh, was it? I mean, it was... It was early, early, early that they lost Ronnie Bell, who was, I mean, there he was their one, two, and three. I mean, he was by far the best receiver that was on this ball club. So to be fair to, uh, you know, McCarthy, is, or not McCarthy, sorry, to be fair to your boy, um, McNamara. McNamara as well, he also lost his best weapon right out of the gates in the, in the receiving game. And also, to be fair to what you're saying, turn around and hand it off, that's going to be your best play anyways if you're Michigan. Yeah. Especially with a defense like that. He's not my boy. But that's fine. Not Dave's boy. I like Kyle. Penn State will kick their heads in next year. They got him, PZ. They had him this year on the ropes. They they were, yeah. 
I, I, don't get me started on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, sir. I, I like Michigan in this game. Iowa was. Yeah. I would take them to cover the ten and a half. The way they're playing right now, and the way that uh, that offensive line is playing right now, power run game. I I really don't see Iowa. Unfortunately, it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be another off balanced. Big Ten Championship, where the team from the East is going to come in and and slap around the team from the West side, and uh, Notre Dame's got to really think hard about joining that Big Ten West to provide some parity here in the in the two divisions. Provide some parity because <laughs> it's not good. Um, but yeah, I like. I think Michigan handles this game. I don't. I don't see one of these crazy top five upsets from Iowa. I, I think they've peaked. They've hit their peak. Yeah. They're, they're like the guy that peaked in middle school. Yeah. And middle school was like week six. Okay. And they're they're on the downhill. Right. They're on the downhill. I Much like you. somebody. I like you know. that. Right. I like that. You I know like what that. I'm talking about. I see him in the mirror every day, Dave. <laughs> every day. Why is he in your what bedroom? What are you talking about? All right. Um, <laughs> I can't take Iowa State plus the 10.5. It is, it is a big spread, like you said, Dan. But Iowa... I mean, if they you're should... taking Iowa State plus 10 oh, and I a half, say Iowa State. you've got... Oh, sorry, I was looking at Iowa's schedule over here. Because that went... The, I was looking at their schedule. Different dudes are going to show up. And the, uh, like, trying to look at Iowa... It's a grab, Hall. I mean, he's, he's got the week off. Charlie Kohler. But that's... Um, the state of Iowa can play against Michigan in this game. Oh. Against the state of Michigan? If you look at... state of Iowa, definitely. Would be. I, I can't take Iowa plus 10 and a half points. Looking up and down their schedule, trying to convince myself that this team is good enough to hang with Michigan after what we just saw Michigan do. Maybe it's recency effect, and I haven't watched much of Iowa over the last few weeks. I wanted to see Wisconsin here. I have to take Michigan minus the 10.5. It's 100% recency effect with this Michigan team, and, and that's why I'm so hesitant to take Michigan with the points. But it, it, my problem more so is that Iowa has just, despite winning, has not looked like a very good team. Uh, over the second half of the season, uh, they just haven't really had a very tough schedule. So, uh, well, their win that, streak. That's why I have Michigan. Northwestern, Minnesota, Illinois at Nebraska. Right. Those are your games I'm looking at. Early in the year, the Iowa State Indiana games at the start of the season, we thought, oh, look out, here we go. Those two teams didn't pan out, and the and they Penn beat State game and they was, beat Penn State with with an injured quarterback. Where they were getting worked in that game before. Penn State wins that game if Clifford doesn't get hurt. So so Michigan winning and and winning convincingly in this game is more a a factor of uh, a weak opponent on the other side. So update, we've got Dave and I both right now have Georgia in, Michigan in. Patron, stay tuned. I've got Michigan. No, we're not even going to get to what Patron's doing yet. I Stay said tuned. I've got Michigan. I said oh, I've got, got Michigan okay. winning. I said I've got Michigan winning. Right, so there's, there's one could spot. be a one seed. Well, coming Cincinnati back. Houston. Let's Ooh. get to that. Let's go. Let's get spicy with that Cincinnati Houston game. For those of you uh, not keeping track at home, that this is the AAC championship game as opposed to the ACC championship game. That's true. These two, and these two teams are. I mean, this is this is a good matchup. Houston has Houston started the season by losing to Texas Tech and has won every game since then. Let's and talk pretty good doing it. So these two teams outside of the Texas Tech game have won all the games they've played by at least a touchdown. So these two teams aren't winning nail biters. No. 
They are winning. They are, they are winning on a collision course. And it's great. I was talking to somebody, Dan, today about your point early in the season. Week, the first weekend of the season was so stacked. We totally slept on Texas Tech. Houston was like, oh, look at that game. If had T three, T four, like you talked about, you could have a couple top ten teams in this matchup here yep. if Houston had won that game. So it's pretty yep. crazy. They're both eight and zero in league play. This game is. It's at. Do they play this one at Cincinnati? Does the AAC do higher seed hosts, right? I think AAC does. No, this is. Don't they play neutral? Oh, okay. I thought higher seed hosted in the AAC. All right. So that you can throw out that point, I guess. But let's the Cincinnati team we've talked about a lot. Houston, I feel like is we it, have is it like, Cincinnati. Is it, a, it's a high school matchup. I thought the AAC had yeah. one team hosts or a AAC higher seed. AAC goes straight up high school. Okay. Nippert Stadium. Okay. Cincinnati. Okay. I like that. You've earned it. All right, there you go. Yeah. So there's some tiebreaker they use. I don't know how, because they're both 8-0. So you'd have to look a little deeper into the tiebreaker here. But Houston brings with them a coach who's been in big-time situations with Holgerson. I like that guy. He always seems a little wild to me, and I like that vibe the at Houston. It's the haircut. So I dig yeah. that. I like that in that this game. Thinning mullet. It's not the full <laughs> mullet. It's not the full mullet. Fickle like, seems really like he's yeah. got. He'll have a fresh haircut and he'll look sharp and he'll look the part. And Holgerson will come in, definitely some ripped clothes. <laughs> yeah. Like his hair is going to be all over the like place. He kind of looks like Munson and Kingpin. Oh, yeah, a little okay. bit of that yes. hair. Yes, he's yes. definitely got the Munson hair yeah. going on. Do you think he's going to get Munson in Cincinnati? <laughs> <laughs> Houston has some nice players though. They've got this running back. Alden McCaskill is a huge recruit for Houston. If you haven't watched him play, this kid is from right outside of Houston. He had offers from Alabama, Auburn, Florida State, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss, Penn State, USC. Those are all top five programs. All top five. Every top five program he was offered by. He stayed home, chooses Houston. Is there dude now running the ball? Toon's a nice quarterback. Gets to have the same head coach next year. And you get to have, well, we'll see. I, <laughs> Maybe. I would wait, I would well, wait a second. Hang on, hang no on. No one knows what's going to happen with the coaches there. But it's a cool story when you see a kid do this who could have gone to a bunch of places and been another guy, and then he gets an opportunity in a big-time stage because we're all going to want to watch Cincinnati. Yeah, a typical year, people that aren't college football junkies would maybe ignore the AAC championship game, but the what happens as a result of this game is massive. So everyone is paying attention to this game, and just a, there are a couple other players we'll get into with Houston, but that McCaskill is a kid I wanted to start off talking about because I like his game. He's big, he's a fast kid. He just isn't somebody who's supposed to go to Houston with the type of talent he has, but he is there, and they're going to bring him in and give Cincinnati everything they want in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, on that same side with Houston, you talk about McCaskill, and you talk about the, the, the guy who's dealing it around on that team as well. You talk about Clayton Toon. You know, he's got a quarterback in front of him who's had a nice season. He's at DZ's, you know, almost 70%. He's at about 69%. The Martinez That's a pretty good one, too. The DZ's, the DZ number. Um, he's got over 3,000 <laughs> yards passing, 26 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, quarterback rate of 160 about. So, I mean, this kid has played well, and he's been playing his best football lately. He's played especially well in the last several games that this team has played. And you can you can take a look at competition, who they've played, you know, what he's done in those games and say, oh, well, they played UConn. Well, they played, um, you know, Memphis Temple. They played some of these guys. Sometimes you look at the competition and you can, you can just be like, now, who cares? They played these guys. These are games they had to win to get to where they wanted to go. 
This team was out the moment they lost because they knew that SMU or, or some of these teams were nipping at their heels. He plays a fantastic game against number 19 SMU at the time on, on Halloween Eve and then just goes on to rattle off four spectacular games since then. So this kid is playing as high of a level as any quarterback in the AAC right now, up to and including Desmond Ritter. So SMU made a big mistake in that game. They kicked it to Marcus Jones. So Cincinnati, do not do that. Do not yeah. kick the ball to number eight. The the best, maybe the best football player in the country overall, best all-around football player in the country, Houston's bringing that dude yeah. to the game. You can talk about the secondary, super talented at Cincinnati. But the Jones kid is incredible. Lockdown corner, returns punts, returns kickoffs. Ask SMU. That game's yeah. over. You kick it to a kid who was last year's All-American returner. That was, the one thing they have is an All-American returner, so what do we do? We kick it to him. The kid goes 100 yards a game. Cincinnati, don't do it. That was a cra- that was it. that was maybe the, the craziest ending, the craziest last two minutes of a game I saw all season this season. Because the, the, the forgettable part about that game is after that kid takes it to the house, Tanner Mordecai leads SMU down, and they've got a shot at the yeah. end zone. This is right after the SMU, you know, got themselves up and into a position to win the game. They kick it to the house. They kick it. it that game, the ending of that game was spectacular, and, and that's what you're going to have to face with this Houston team if you're Cincinnati. You're not just going to be able to punch them in the face and have them hit the canvas and not get up. Houston's going to come after you. They've got a fantastic running back. They've got a fantastic quarterback. They've got your boy returning kicks. This team can play. Their defense and, is good, too. And Cincinnati better bring it. DZ. Yeah, speaking of the defense, I, I'm watching Logan Hall, defensive lineman, number 92 in Houston. He's been one of these guys that's been in the program, developed. They talked about he moved in from, from Oklahoma, and his his high school coach, when he moved in, was like just drooling. You don't see a huge kid, 6'7", uh, you know, 270, just roll into your high school looking to play football for you. Um, went to Houston and, you know, just had like some of those, one of those careers where, you know, every year he has more tackles, more solo tackles, more assisted tackles, more sacks. Had five sacks this year. Um, he, I think he's one of those glue guys on the defense that the team really looks towards too. Uh, so I'm, I'm watching him. I think he's going to have a big game. That Houston defensive line can be disruptive. I, I think it's not a bad matchup. They have um, seven players with at least two and a half sacks on that team. Yeah. So they've got a bunch of depth and guys that can get after the quarterback. Yeah, so it's not one guy you can double up, right. one guy you're focused on. It's a they've, scheme then. If all those guys are able to true. get to the quarterback, to me that means you have a good scheme, and when you rotate guys in, they stick to the plan, you're able to get after the quarterback. You're right on. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> with myself <laughs> I set you up nicely I know that, I appreciate though. that uh, so I'm looking at the 10 and a half point spread I don't know if I don't I don't think we talked about that no, yet but Cincinnati favored by 10 and a half against this Houston team I think that's a little on the high side I I, I, I don't know that they're separated that much in I, I, they're the better team but that's not to say that Houston Houston's right there I'm surprised yeah. that the uh, ten and a half is a lot. Yeah, it ten and a half is a lot. And, and it, again, just like that Michigan game against Iowa, it's a win and you're in type situation. So, I, well, 
I mean, maybe Cincinnati actually needs a little bit more in terms of the style points to to blow out this. They Houston need team. Alabama to lose. But I don't, you know, I don't know when you take a look at Houston and you take a look at Cincinnati that as much separates these two teams as as the polls or the hype surrounding these teams would suggest. Just a, a quick game, a quick game for you two. Don't look at statistics right now. Don't look at your computers. Don't look at statistics. 98.3 yards per game given up. 33 in the country. Is that Cincinnati or Houston? Well, I know why you're asking it. When you like Houston, right? Yeah, that's I, yeah. And that then, is that is Houston. Cincinnati is a hundred and second with one hundred and forty-one point eight yards given up. A hundred and seventy-seven point three rushing yards per game offensively. Eighty-third in the country. Is that Houston or Cincinnati? Yeah, I got a lot. They're putting up. That's what their rushing offense is doing. Yes, that's probably Cincinnati. Cincinnati, 83rd in the country rushing. Houston sitting there at 126th in the country, but neither team rushing the ball exceedingly well. 177 Is rushing Ritter yards. the leading rusher for Cincinnati? So that's a good question because Ford's been out a little bit. I don't know. It's probably close. You'd have to take a look there. So I mean, so you have some statistics between these two teams that is a lot closer than you would initially think when you're talking about these two teams and what they're able to do uh, offensively and defensively. Houston beat Navy by eight. Cincinnati beat Navy by seven. Oh, Cincinnati. I don't see ten and a half point spread right there. They beat Tulsa by 35. Oklahoma State beat Tulsa by five. Yeah. This is... And so, this is a good team. Well, is Houston bored? Because we we sit here and, and and say that, well, Cincinnati's bored when they play these teams. They would be blowing them out more, but they're bored. They're playing down to their, their competition. I think there is some truth to that with this Cincinnati team. But can you just flip that switch? No, you cannot flip I, that I switch. Mean, Not I a chance. You, you need to play up to your competition up to the level of Look the at game what Georgia's all done all the time. Georgia could have gotten bored. They were playing lousy teams and slapped yep. them around. Yep. Georgia Tech comes in in a meaningless game for Georgia. It would have every right to mail it in in that game and they slapped <laughs> them around for the entire ball game. So you it's a good point then cuz Cincinnati letting teams hang around haven't wowed you. I Houston plus 10 and a half. I'll take that. Cincinnati's going to win this game. But it's going to be closer than the dudes in Vegas think because I like what Houston brings with the quarterback position. You mentioned lately how he's been doing. Last seven games, 19 touchdowns, two picks. So he's cleaned up the stuff from earlier in the year when he's throwing some interceptions. They're going to be able to hang around in this game. I like Toon. Cincinnati wins this game, and they're going into the CFP potentially. Jerome Ford is a 1,000-yard rusher this season, by the way. Doubled up on Ritter. All right. So it's not even close. Uh, Oh, Actually, I knew that. I had that in my notes from last week. Shoot. No, that. Why can't that. I remember? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tommy boy. This is the this is the best secondary. Obviously, Clayton Tune's going to face. Uh, One you and know, a half you, percent. When you take a look at the Cincinnati defense, though, you do have to say that as compared to you know Houston's defense or compared to some of these Group Five type defenses, they have dudes. I mean, they look like an SEC defense. That size wise, they look like an SEC defense more than. Most Big 12 defenses look like SEC defenses. So Who I, do you think has been better against the run? 
that you talked about, right? So better defense. Houston better against the run. Houston better against the run. So you're going to force Ritter to throw the ball. Yeah. Interesting there. All right. So how, what does he do in the secondary? You know, throwing against this Houston team, we'll have to see. Because Houston has played the run as well as almost anybody in the country this year. Like you pointed out some of those stats earlier. Yeah. So that Ritter having to win a game, want to see that. Because I like that kid. I want the ball in his hands. Come out, game-winning drive type of situation for Ritter would be awesome to see that kid get Cincinnati into the playoff on his shoulders. I'm hoping that's how it goes down. Yeah, and 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 they've got a nice they've got a nice piece uh, at tight end with that Josh Wiley kid too. Uh, he's he's a mismatch problem. He's a problem for people. He's he's an NFL guy when he gets there. I forgot what year he is, but he's an NFL guy. They've got the the Michael Young Jr. kid who transferred from Notre Dame. They've got some talent out there at wide receiver. Yeah. Although not as much as maybe some of these teams. I like Cincinnati to win this game. They're not going to cover, but they win this game. It's going to be close, just like Cincinnati does. And then they're going to be sweating the selection show on Sunday. Houston has the 16th best passing defense in the country. National ratings, yards per game. Only giving up 191 passing yards a game. They've got a good defense. Top 10 defense. We already talked about the pressure they can put on the quarterback from a defensive line perspective. They have a good secondary. they got a good rush D. I think they've got all the the right formula to slow down the Cincinnati team and make them sweat it out. They're going to be playing hungry. They get no respect. They are a clear number two in the conference this year. And nobody's talking about them. Nobody said anything about them. We haven't. They're going to cover this 10.5 point spread. And take them on the money line. Upset special. Oh, I wasn't ready, Dave. I wish I, I had the like guts it. to do it. I didn't, though. I like. I was almost there. I was almost there. I, I but I've been a Cincinnati guy for the last two years, and I just have Cincinnati to, Steve. Line Steve's gotta, calling in. Steve yeah, just. I've got to stick with He's these pissed. guys. I've got to stick with this Cincinnati game. But the more that it was, it, it's it, it's like when you have when you were a kid and you had like a favorite athlete, and then like you start reading about him, and you're like, wait a minute, this guy's kind of an a hole. I wish I didn't read more about this person. This game, I was like, Cincinnati's a great team, man. Start doing a deep dive into this game, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is not a 10.5-point game. This Houston team is going to give them all they can handle. I'm sticking with Cincinnati. You know what this is? I know, I know exactly what I'm this is I'm sticking with Cincinnati because I like Ritter. I like Ford. I like those guys. I love their defense. You know, I, I'd like to see a CFP, a Mod Gardner, come to the Buffalo Bills next year. You know, and all of those things, but... This game is this game is a nip tuck kind can of thing. Can he come this year? Yeah, can he come right he just now? Leave? <laughs> can he come right now? This is like Cincinnati for you is like when you read the Greg Allman biography. Uh, the Greg Allman biography. <laughs> I hate this You're guy. Like, Dang it! That's like my favorite band, and this guy said, "Wait, we Greg Allman died. We can't really talk about him like that." Well, can. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's safer. Now. Well, you know what they say. You know the saying: "Speak ill of the dead." So you know yeah. the saying. Yeah, I believe they do yeah. say that. That's right. I believe they do say that. All right, last <laughs> game that is going to have a huge effect. Yeah, let's talk about after the AAC game. I like after this the one. AAC game. It's, I want to talk about that situation. You've got Baylor against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State coming off of got the, talk about the monkey. That's a spider monkey off your back. I mean, you that the monkey of Bedlam off their back was 
as big, if not bigger, than a monkey that was on Michigan's back with Ohio State. I mean, you're talking Gundy. Michigan was way bigger. Gundy's not on the hot seat. I understand that Gundy wasn't on the hot seat, and he never will be because he's at Oklahoma State. But this dude was like two and eighteen in bedlam. Two and fourteen. Like I mean, it was it was bad. It was bad. And maybe Harbaugh three and fourteen now. Maybe Harbaugh hasn't got been there long enough for the monkey to grow to that right. size. But this was a gorilla on the back, and and Gundy got it off. And they're going to play in the Big Twelve Championship game where they don't have to face the rematch. I think that's big for this team that they don't have to face the rematch. Number one, you get a better win with a team that's hot and just one coming in. You know, this Baylor team looks pretty good. Instead of just facing an Oklahoma team that you just beat, probably has the better chance of beating you, but maybe wouldn't even be as respected of a win. As crazy and backwards as that all sounds. No, I know what you mean. This this game is really, there's one thing, if we're really looking at this game, and it's, is Bohannon going to play? Is the Baylor quarterback, Bohannon, going to play? He has a right hamstring injury. Mm. If he is not on the field, I, I don't like Baylor's chances. He is such a dynamic playmaker for them, has been huge all year, and he went out of the um, two weeks ago. I think they were playing Kansas State. He left late in that game. They hung on to, to win, and then when they played, uh, I think it was Texas Tech last week, they had a redshirt freshman, Blake Shapin. Um, he came in. He played okay, but he, he's just not the athlete, and he's not the player that Bohannon is there. He's been there for four years. I think it's his first year starting, and he has been such a nice piece for that Baylor program. And what he's been able to do, he's a dual-threat guy, accurate passer. I When I watch that Baylor team, he really jumps off as – the star of that offense. And well, the Oklahoma game for sure. Oh yeah. Like didn't yeah. He, he ran for as many yards as he passed for and you beat Oklahoma. I, yeah. I think he had like about 110 each or something yeah. in that game, but that was where I looked at that kid cuz I was disrespecting him a little bit. I'm like, I don't know about this Bohan kid. We haven't watched him for the last yeah. 3 or 4 years and it's Baylor. Like, you know, eh, whatever. This kid yeah. is an RG3. But after that Oklahoma game, like this kid's legit. This yeah. kid can play. I hope he's healthy. I hope we get to see Baylor full strength in this game with Oklahoma State because the Oklahoma State defense is so good that if you don't have all of your weapons and they are not at full strength, you do not have a chance in this game against this defense. Yeah, I mean, I it, to, to DZ's point, Bohannon most certainly looks like the more dynamic playmaker that that dual threat guy but i thought that shapen looked all right with with some of his you know some of his passing some of his ability to stretch the field maybe even a little bit more than bohannon it'll be interesting to see how uh dave aranda handles this situation this week newly extended dave aranda because yeah i mean he's got to be somewhere on this coaching carousel but you know gary bohannon obviously is that dual threat guy but a hamstring injury if it is restricting his ability to have that running piece in his game it really takes away from what he is able to do more so than just you know if you say stetson bennett for georgia is dealing with a hamstring injury doesn't I matter mean, you're he can you're, play without a hamstring. right you're yeah, talking he had him removed yeah. collectively yeah <laughs> he can't do that right now no, there's, there's, no elective surgery yeah those aren't allowed uh, if you're the quarterback at <laughs> georgia you can do whatever you want to do 
<laughs> they don't follow the rules like so, the rest of us. You know, I I see both these guys playing in this game. Actually, I see I I see the Shapin kid and the Bohannon kid playing. They will they will get as much out of Bohannon as they can. Maybe sprinkle in some some Shapin series uh, with Bohannon while he's even healthy enough to play and hope that Bohannon is there and able to be your guy in the fourth quarter. But I agree with you. It's not going to be enough with this Oklahoma State defense. They give up some points, obviously, against Oklahoma last week, but that was freakish. You know, the points that they gave the up. The defense was, didn't give up The points that they gave up were freakish. Right. Because you look at this Zero game, in the second half. Zero in the second half. You look at this game and you go 37 to 33, like Oklahoma must have showed up a little bit, right? I mean, Oklahoma showed up. It was, they had 24 in the first half. So even some of that stuff was, was, was a little bit freakish how that all went down, that they got to 24 in the first place. And then Oklahoma State defense puffs out their chest up and gives up zero points in the second half of that game. The special teams gave up a touchdown. Defense or offense gave up a safety. And that's how Oklahoma gets to 33. When Oklahoma State had to have it, had to get through Bedlam to get to the Big 12 championship game against a super talented Oklahoma offense. They were able to do it and do it well. Five of 18 third down getting off the field they were getting off the field that that defense i know you love Love it i mean that that right there that's clutch key coming up in big and that was the whole second half that's all they did they gave up yards i think they gave up 441 yards they lost time of possession they didn't do everything they weren't like an overpowering defense but they came up in all the right spots they made those key stops yeah and that's why they won that game and especially like you look at those drives when Oklahoma's pushing a score towards the end of the game. Big stop. Nothing but big stops. When Nothing they needed to stop. get off the field, they did it. Holding opponents to under 100 yards rushing, under 200 yards receiving. And that's the rushing is that's the storyline here. Know, I mean, that's good. That's, that's, Baylor needs, that's a nice, well-rounded defense, too. Baylor needs Abram Smith to be the man in this game. He has to be the MVP. That dude Which is he the has man, been for them the this year because yeah. he's super talented. The backup, Ebner's a nice player, too. Absolutely. But if they're going to win this game... Uh, they're going to win any game, really. It's because Abram Smith goes off. Unfortunately for him, on the opposite side is Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper in a loaded defense that is exceptional against the run. And they just need to slow down Abram Smith in this game and give Spencer Sanders in this offense their game plan. We'll just slowly chip away here. Our defense will keep things under control. The offense doesn't have to force it. We've got a nice running back. The receivers are decent. For Oklahoma State. I like Tate Martin, the Blaine Green kid, spurned Baylor for Oklahoma State, and he's been doing a nice job the last few games. Yeah. Oklahoma State has enough pieces offensively that they can get into that mid-20s, upper-20s, and the defense can hold Baylor and Abram Smith in check enough. What's the line on this game? Do we have that? Yeah, did you get Five and a half, Oklahoma five, State. Okay. Five and a half. O- that five and a half. Much more than that, I don't like Oklahoma State to blow out anybody. No, no. But I do like them I still to have that Baylor. distrust of Spencer Sanders. But I, I like them to get this game done. And I like them to get this game done because of that rushing defense against the rushing offense of Baylor. Rushing is that offense, that rushing attack. You just touched on those running backs. You touched on that quarterback. That's what Baylor wants to do. That's what Baylor's done well all season, averaging over 200 yards rushing per game. 
Oklahoma State, though, is going to be able to to st- at least slow that enough to let Spencer Sanders do his thing. The kid, for you know, for all my distrust, he definitely has some experience. He's definitely played in some big games, more so than any of these guys on the Baylor squad, and that's what's going to get this done. Oklahoma State wins this game and covers and looks pretty good doing it, putting themselves squarely in that conversation to be in the college football playoff top four. Here's what I love about this game. When you're looking at it, Classic Big 12 championship game. You're thinking two high-flying offenses, 55 to 47 type game, and we're not going to get that at all. No. We're, we're going to have two of really the two best defenses in that conference going up against one another. And we, I really think that Dave Arnada is he's, – he's not – he doesn't get enough credit as a coach for he is. That defense he had at LSU – he was the reason they won the national championship, him and, him and Brady. And what he has done already at this Baylor program is impressive. And when I watch him, I'm looking at some of the, the film and tape. Their defense is flying around at the ball. They've got some nice blitz schemes. This is not anything you, you typically see from a Big 12 defense. So I'm, I'm super impressed with this guy. I'm surprised he, he signed the extension because I, th- I think he could have if he wanted to jump ship and go somewhere else, I think there would be a lot of teams trying to get this guy. If not this year, then maybe in the next couple. Well, of I years. couldn't believe he wasn't in line for that LSU job or yeah. even that. Well, who knows? He could have been, but there might there. be a reason why you look yeah. at it and go, "I'm building." Some guys stick to their word. There are people who but say, but typically those people <laughs> don't get into college right. football. Coaching. So it's rare, but there are guys who might say, "This is what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to come here and do it." Yeah. And then three or four years, I'll leave. Yeah. But after one year, dream job. Yeah. Dream job. He took a Baylor team that was in a bad place, too, in a dark place, and has really done a nice job with this team. With what? Like, that quick. Yeah. yeah. Right? Just turn right. this team around, and all of a sudden, they're in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, I mean, game. you're not talking about a guy who's brought in just gobs of transfers or even that his recruiting classes are starting to come of age. You're talking about about a guy who took a team that was what it was and now is what it is based on this dude's coaching. And Has he done essentially the exact same thing Mel Tucker did at Michigan State, turned him into a two-loss team, right? And yeah. people are fawning over Mel Tucker. They want to give him the USC job or the LSU job. But what about this guy? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I. I mean, I hope he stays. Did it, they want to give him those jobs though? This guy, if you're, you know, like, that's, that's what his agent yeah. was saying. Right. Jimmy Sexton told you that. If you're Dave Aranda, I mean, at this point, stick around because it looks like you could build the next Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, and maybe the Big Twelve is is going to be totally disrespected if they're already being disrespected this year. They're definitely going to be disrespected with Texas and Oklahoma gone, but. If you're Dave around and you're already doing what you're doing in Baylor, you maybe just stay there, keep doing your thing, and, and it, you're in the conversation for college football playoff year after year after year after year. I like that Texas and Oklahoma are not in this game. Usually <laughs> I'm a blue blood kind of guy, and I want to see the big-name teams doing their thing. Yeah. But it is nice, after the way this season started at the Big 12 Media Day, how they made the Big 12 look so stupid – yeah. And then to have, over the last couple days, Texas, Oklahoma aren't in it. The Oklahoma coach leaves for the left coast. 
I love it. It's, it's, it's almost like karma. Oh, just, yeah. it's Shakespearean. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Shakespearean. They've been they've been conspiring against those programs the whole season. No, they're just not good enough. The all right. So, do you have you you said that you have Oklahoma State win and cover? Yes, oh. I got you. Got my four now. I have Let's Oklahoma State with a win and cover. I. PZ, I think we cut you off as Not you were, to, as you were loving me. on I'll get the upset. Yeah, I got the upset alert horn. As you were loving Hold on, on because Bayo. I don't know if it, I, I feel kind of I feel kind of cheap putting this little disclaimer in there. Oh. But I think if if Bohannon's there and healthy, I'm taking Baylor on the upset special. I'm with you there. If they don't have him, I like Oklahoma State to win and cover. If Bohannon's there, he's and that healthy, much of a difference. Maker. I I see. I think if Bohannon's there and healthy, I'm with you on the cover. I, I still don't have an upset here. So you won't? Will you but take the upset? You're, you're with Bohannon. If I, I'd watch this. If you're, I mean, people are, maybe it's going to be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they listen to this podcast, and you're looking at that injury report, and he's looking to play. You take a jump, you jump on that. Money line. You take that money line. Money line. That's how I feel. I want to Is that your prom date? I want to go all <laughs> in on it. I'll talk about his wife. Like yeah. <laughs> Who's it's your prom card? date? <laughs> yeah. Which guy in the track team did you bring to the prom? <laughs> Not that there's anything so wrong with that. It was a fast finish. I know. <laughs> Lego. All right. So, all right. so we're at it. We're at it. You know Dave and I's four now, right? We've got the four. We've got the four. Let's save yours for a minute. Give me your one through four. Right, so college football playoff. Just like I predicted before the season. Georgia <laughs> one. Michigan two. And then where are we going? Cincy and Oklahoma State. Those are my four teams. Because I had Alabama losing. Notre Dame is going to be behind Oklahoma State coming into this weekend. Brian Kelly knew that. That's why he just got out. If he thought they were going to get in, maybe he stays. He's gone, so absolutely Oklahoma State is ahead of Notre Dame Tuesday night when it comes out. Those are my four teams. Alabama, sorry, you're left out. And I I was trying to come up with a way where Ole Miss can get in for fun. I, I can't find a way for Ole Miss to get in right now. I don't see that. But Ohio yeah. State is a team. If chaos ensues, I want to get to Patrons eventually because I've been trying to – Ratings, man. Well, I, I'm, so I'm, let's go to Dave. I'll we get know. to your. I'll get to. I'll get to your stuff like that. But go ahead. Those are my. Okay, four. here's what I got. I got Georgia one, Michigan two, Cincinnati three, and then I'm going to throw in a little wrinkle for four. I'm going to say the winner of the Big Twelve championship takes that. So if we got Bohannon, so if Bohannon's playing, bummer, Bohannon. So. That bummer Bohannon, if he is playing, he is coming in. I am drinking the Kool-Aid on this Baylor team from Waco, Texas. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid on this team. Hammering they're gonna the win. home. <laughs> they're going to win this game, and then they're going to jump. At conference championship, they've talked about it so many times, a 13th data point. It's so important to the committee. Win your conference, and you'll get in. I believe they can make a significant jump. We'll know when we see the rankings tonight, or tomorrow night, rather. I think they can do it. I think they can make that jump. If they're impressive and they beat Oklahoma State, they're going to be the four. I feel like the Big 12 has been disrespectful. When you look at where Oklahoma was coming into this the whole time, Oklahoma was the team we thought 
was going to win the Big 12. It felt that way before the season. As the season progressed and Caleb Williams showed up, first rankings, they were back at eight or something like that. They plummet after a loss. So to me, it looks like this committee does not think highly of the Big 12. Oklahoma State made a point with that win. They've got the win at Boise State that was a bit of a fluke, but still it's Boise State. I don't know about Baylor being able to jump a school like Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a different entity that you have to try to leap. And I'm telling man, I want to see where Ohio State is sitting in these rankings. Let's not forget about Ohio State. They are ratings gold. It's gold, Jerry. Ohio State is ratings gold. And do not forget that ESPN picks these teams. Just keep it in mind. Not Bohannon. You're confusing with (laughs) O'Banion with Bohannon. Ah, Banion. That's where it is. Banyan. Just Banyan. Banyan, yeah. that's right. Penny Banyan. All right. We got to get to yours, Dan. Alabama beats Georgia, jumps to one. Mm. They jump everybody to one. If you beat Georgia, the way that Georgia's looked, the way that the committee has respected them this year, you jump to one. Michigan wins their game. They stay at two. That's a nice two-piece that they're at right there. Georgia still makes the college football playoff. And doesn't even drop back to four. They drop back to three. Nobody wants to see a Georgia-Alabama rematch in round one. If they both can get to the rematch of the classic SEC game. Keep in mind, Henny. Keep in mind, DZ. That one of the best games in the college football playoff era was two SEC teams rematching in their classic SEC championship game. Okay, so this is not lost on anybody. Number four, Cincinnati gets in over a disrespected Big 12 league all year. You said it. You said it when you just said that the Big 12 has been disrespected. And when you look at Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and you say that Oklahoma State got that marquee win over Oklahoma, got that monkey off their back. As a you said that. As I didn't a say you fan, said that. As a fan of college football, that game was super entertaining to watch. It's bedlam. I had a wonderful time watching that game at the end of a wonderful day of college football. But would you say that that was a well-played game? Would you say that that game passed your eyeball test? That has to stick with the voters, stick with the committee a little bit. I mean, that second half of that game was more a comedy of errors than it was two marquee teams playing against each other. It was a disaster. It was kind of this, like, it's so ugly, it's beautiful thing that you're watching. It was not good football. It was, and, and if you watch that game and you think, geez, you know, these are, these are two of the best teams in college football just going head to head. This is so exciting to watch. Then you're, you, you were watching it with different eyes than I was because I was watching it going, this is really exciting, but it's shaping up like a game that just somebody has to win. It was not this classic affair. And I get it. You could say the same thing about Alabama versus Auburn. But ultimately, Auburn, the Auburn game for Alabama will not be what they're judged on. Yeah, game they matter for Georgia, Alabama. They beat Georgia on Saturday. All sins forgiven for the close games that they had that they shouldn't have had. Boom. They're, they're in, and they're the number one seed if they beat Georgia. 
They're the best one-loss team. There's no other undefeated team besides for Cincinnati. Cincinnati gets in on that resume, beating Houston. You know, the, the Big 12 has been disrespected. They get in at the Notre Dame win. You don't. That's what got Cincinnati in. The, the Notre Dame win. No one is, cares about the, Houston. The Notre Dame win is looked at on the road at yeah. Notre Dame. Look where they had and, Notre Dame. Look where they had Oklahoma. That shows got, how they felt. And you've got a nice little, you've got a nice little fresh blood Final Four with Cincinnati and Michigan with some really nice matchups that people would want to see. Cincinnati, Alabama. Would be a cool matchup to see that secondary versus that passing attack. Georgia, Michigan, and the similarities between those two teams and the, what their fan bases bring would be a great matchup to see there. That's my four. That's what happens after this weekend. I'm okay if Oklahoma State gets left out. It doesn't bother me. I'm not screaming for an expanded right. anything because Oklahoma State, like you just said, when you watch that game, when you're looking at the best teams in the country who should be playing for a national championship, Oklahoma State, if they get left out... Okay, Oklahoma State's I'm not fine. screaming that they got robbed. Oklahoma State, fine. Under the other scenario where Georgia wins and Oklahoma State gets in, Oklahoma State gets smoked. I, I don't see them even in that tier with those other guys. That said, That said, it's funny how this season the... The playoff expansion, it's being discussed as this possibility, but people aren't, aren't, there's not this venom this year of teams getting left out because the teams getting left out are the teams that ultimately are usually in. So nobody's necessarily ticked. Nobody's going to call for playoff expansion because Alabama might be the second best team in the country if they get left out of the college football playoff. Nobody's going to be angry about Oklahoma, Ohio State being talented teams that just couldn't get into the Final Four because they lost the games that they needed to win to be in that Final Four. And mark my words, Ohio State's in the college football playoff if it's an 18 playoff. Mm -hmm. Oklahoma's sneaking around the chicken coop if they maybe had one extra game or, or you know, whatever. It, I, I don't even know what would happen. Maybe it, it, maybe there's more games to be played, but the college, but the championship week, they're out. I guess they're out. Baylor's in. This game means nothing in an expanded playoff because both these teams are going to make it. You have this push for an expansion of the college football playoff, and it's just a big, huge, fat why for me. It's, it's not trying it's, to find the best team. It's just for it's other money. reasons. So don't it's, yeah, we know it's why. It's not trying to find the best yeah. team because all of these guys had their opportunity. We can do a whole now, other episode. Now, on now this when you Trump. lose, when you lose Cincinnati, <laughs> being given their opportunity as to whether or not they split that hair correctly between them being four and five, you flip your lid last year. But nobody's going to flip their lid about Alabama losing to Georgia on Saturday and getting left out of the College Football Playoff, which they should even though they are one of the four best teams in college football. You had your opportunity, you lost, you shouldn't have lost to Texas A&M earlier. So if you go and you play a classic game against Georgia, that's not enough. You're out. You're a two-loss team. Should have won your games. Yeah, but I think the bigger the bigger push to go to 12, 8 or 12, sounds like it's going to be 12, I think is the because we're seeing the same teams in there year after year after year, and then you see it, what happens with recruits. Any recruit that wants to play for a national championship, 
knows they've got to go to one of those four schools. So when you lament about the issues of like Ohio State having four five-star quarterbacks yeah. on the roster well, because that's what I'm saying, they're going to go there lost. and try to win there See, first I, before they change. But they go to colleges for the NFL. The those top prospects lost. aren't going to win natties. But those teams lost they this go to the year, SEC so we don't need to, to expand anymore? Those that's teams, where you go to get they, drafted. They would go, What I mean, if you're in a, a playoff and a national championship, what better exposure yeah. could you have? But those right. teams lost this year, so now we don't need an expansion anymore? We need an expansion because it's not even if the, enough. If it has nothing. It's so all Cal- about TV money. Like so we can talk football, about all the other cool yeah. dominoes that fall yeah. if they expand it, or what opportunities. College football is to... about capitalism, like Kenny said. It's yeah. not about the socialism that I don't you're talking to... about. I don't know let's, about. I'm most, not talking let's about. Let's let everybody. I'm talking isms. about no isms. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're getting a little yeah, into politics. Certainly not where I lean. No, but if you if. I think that is an issue with the sport because why has this year been so popular? Because of the shakeup, because we're seeing new teams. We're seeing a Michigan team beat Ohio State. Everybody, it's unless you lived in the state of Ohio, you were rooting for Michigan to win that game, right? Because I, that was more entertaining. That's a yeah. new face. You, you see a guy finally get over the hump, and you're going to see a, a new team that really yeah. earned and deserves a shot yeah. to be in the playoffs. Although we need to see – where the numbers flesh out with the college football playoff, if we're going to talk about why has this year been so popular, because I don't know. Are the, the ratings reg- up? I don't, I don't know, know if the regular season ratings are. I don't know that to be to true. any great extent. I think it's. I think it's just it's hold serve. It's been now if the college football playoff ratings are up a ton because there's teams there. There's an extra interest from teams that haven't been in there before then that point may have some weight. But I don't think interest is up this year. College football in general has a huge level of excitement to it this year, but that's the same as, as the NFL when you invite the fans back into the stadiums and when you start to College football crushes the NFL normal a little bit. It's awesome. Could there, yeah. there, the I, I, COVID I, think bump, see, I think you'll see better ratings The this COVID year. bump has been a huge thing for all sports this year. So that's been that's been interesting, but it's just it, it's just interesting to look. If Notre at, Dame gets left out, no way ratings can be higher. If, if if Notre Dame gets left out, nobody complains about Notre Dame get left out. Right. Oh yeah. Do they get? I mean, that's yet to be seen. Do they, they get, get left, left out? out? They're, people they're will complain they more if they there, get man. in. People will complain more about Notre Dame getting in than getting left well, out. Well, no, because that means people lost. That means you're taking if it's a Notre Dame Baylor situation, I could see people disputing Did, I, a conference champion uh, versus. Because they play. still have never now contradicting myself, but they've still never put a two-loss team in there. Correct. So I could see Notre Dame getting the nod instead of Baylor. Right. So they wouldn't that, need that much craziness. No, they don't. If really Cincinnati, you, or Cincinnati to lose. If Alabama lose to Georgia, that's something we're like, yeah, that is absolutely possible. Could Baylor beat Oklahoma State? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's not... And could Houston could beat Cincinnati? Houston, yeah. they, Cincinnati? They've got several options. But you just need the fourth spot open. Yeah. yeah. So you just need Alabama and Oklahoma State to lose their games, then you're looking at Notre Dame, Ohio State, Baylor, Ole Miss, those teams sitting right there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. they're going to be two lost teams. Notre Dame, one loss, but not a conference champion. Right. Yep. I, Who do they take there? For fun, I want to see Michigan lose and Ohio State get in. I want pure <laughs> chaos and just have an awesome situation where it's Notre Dame, Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia or something like that at the end just for fun. Yeah, so the ratings can be the highest before, ever. Highest it, ever ratings. It would force the hand to the 12-team does, playoff. Yeah. They'd be like, ah, oh, it's broken. How does Ohio State jump Michigan, though? I don't, I, I don't think that's the team they're looking to jump. I don't think they can jump Michigan. They, they're not going to jump Michigan. That's just, they get they both crushed by Iowa. Teams. 
crushed they, by Iowa. Okay, if they get smoked by how does how does one get crushed by Iowa? You lose ten nothing. That's Maryland. Did Maryland get smoked? Oh, did like, they? Yeah. Remember Dave took Maryland over Iowa. Are we gonna forget that? All right, oh, never mind. Never happened. That never happened. No, never happened. All right. Never happened. Silence. <laughs> Silence. No, but what would be crazy is if Cincinnati lost. So now yeah. you got one lost Cincinnati team and then Notre Cincinnati. Dame jumps them. You could have Cincinnati, Georgia, and Oklahoma State. And, and Michigan all lose this This committee has Utah behind Oregon. Four spots. So when you say, how could you put Ohio State ahead of Michigan? Oregon was I 10. I said you, not them. No, you said, how would they do that? Oregon, 10. Play it back. Utah, 14, right? I believe Utah pummeled Oregon, right? Right, but don't, like a week ago. Right, but doesn't isn't Utah like eight and four? They're nine and three. Nine and, and three. they smashed clearly better than Oregon when they played each other. Right, if only but, they had played. But they have one la- But they have one more loss, and that's what the committee would hang their hat on. Whereas o- Ohio State and Michigan would have that's the so same silly. exact record. Actually, Michigan would have the better record. Michigan would be uh, eleven and two. two. Oh, the all important loss. And, count. Eleven and two. They're valuing losses. They'd be up a half game. Too high. They'd be up a half game. They'd be up a half game. They'd be up a half game. They are valuing losses too high. Plus the head-to-head matchup. And they're not valuing head-to-head like they should. Yeah. No, they were proven right about Michigan. Like this committee, if that's it was, not their job to to predict. Well, no, if them. it was like, but that's if it not was their like, job. we don't know. What Watch they do. the game and see who won the game, right? And use that to do your. But rankings. if they had, you're not, if, you're not I projecting. Know. I don't know. If I think it is a projection. If they didn't have show, sure, I think see? they called their shot. If it wasn't in in college basketball, <laughs> their shot. in college basketball, they don't release the sixty-eight teams for weeks and weeks leading up to it. The CFP doesn't have to do that. They do it because it's fodder and it's fun and something to talk about. I agree with you, Dan. I think what they did, they looked at these teams, and at the end of the day, they looked at Michigan better than Michigan State and wanted to be proven right at the end. It was a stubborn, like, we think Michigan's better. Yeah, they lost. We still think Michigan is better. We yep. still think Michigan is better. And the committee stuck to it. Look how long they kept Alabama. Unfortunately, they, they, they opened their mouths and said dumb things like, yeah. well, watch the well, games. Well, don't watch the games. Yeah, like, don't yeah. let that guy talk ever again. Yeah. The yeah. Iowa well, AD. Don't yeah. let him speak. He's the head. Right. He's, so he's going to be doing a lot of speaking. Don't let him speak. <laughs> Silence from that guy. You might Let's want to fire him then. Right. Gary Barda. Gary Barda. Gary Barda. Yep, Iowa AD. Muzzle right? that, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Interesting weekend coming up. Loving it. Let's keep this going. Here we go. All right. Uh, next. Next episode. <laughs> Pac-12 championship game. Utah. <laughs> ACC championship game. Jeez, wow. Pittsburgh. There's a lot going on this weekend. This is, this is everything that was relevant to the college football playoff. There is absolutely a lot more games to tune into this weekend. We're sorry that we could not get to them. There's just too, too much importance on My these four open, games. Strong. <laughs> on these four games. That is all we have for this episode. That's all we have for this episode. As always, you can check us out. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Henny and Patron. You can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Go on, rate and review us. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, and essentially anywhere podcasts are found. Check out our page on Facebook, Henny and Patron, the two drink minimum, or friend me at Dan Patron. A special thanks tonight for our beers. We have the Underground Beer Lab, Defies Logic, as well as the classic Southern Tier 2X IPA. 
Thank you to those breweries for the beers. I am Dan Patron. He is Kevin Hennigan. He is DZ. And this has been the two drink minimum. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.